podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the AI Fantasy Show. I know it's been a few weeks, but we're back in business now. Uh, finally back with club football, and we're going to see how we did in f- the realms of fantasy football this week. And then we've got actually two separate game weeks coming up, because uh, it's not a double game week, it's, I think it's classed as two separate game weeks. So we've got a lot to get through, so I'll introduce my guests and we'll get cracking. Firstly, pretty much two regulars nowadays, I've got Simon Dowling. How are you doing? Not bad at all. T- thanks for having me. Good man. And joining us is Tadiwa Shanakira. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've attempted saying his surname, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he actually nailed it. So I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm never doing it again. I'm never doing that. <laughs> well, how are you doing, Tadiwa? Yeah, I'm not too bad in yourself, guys. I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, so we'll start with the most recent game week, which is game week 13. Uh, and Simon, how did you do? Um, I did pretty badly. I think it was, I think most people had a pretty tough week. I ended up with 44 points. Uh, so I dropped a little bit. It was, it was, I think it was actually my first red arrow for a while. So, um, but I didn't fall too badly. Uh, so I got no points from Fabianski, one from Bennett, one from Doherty, who he was the person I brought in for Mendy, so I think I've uh, broke him. So you're welcome for that. Uh, one point from Alonso, and seven points from Robertson, and then midfield I got three from Richardson, uh, nine from Mane, two from Frazier, and Captain Mo, who got eight times two, and then up front I got. A fantastic four points in total from Jimenez and Aguero. So a lot of ones about the place there, which is pretty bad, especially at the back. Yeah, I'll, I'll have my fair share of ones uh, uh, when we do mine as well. But today, would you want to go for your team? When Sai started off by saying he did horribly, then ended up saying he got in the 40s, I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have come on this part. Oh, God. <laughs> No, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, it's a good it reason. Okay. Too bad, but no, no, no. I mean, in a bad way. Oh, okay. But so my total score was thirty-seven, and I think I blame the fact that we didn't have a podcast last week because usually when I have the podcast, I get to discuss things I'm planning on doing, oh, wow. and I only realized that I hadn't set my team quite late, and had to rush to bring in Laporte just to make sure I, I had like, um. Replacement. Um, but yeah, so I end up with 37. Ryan got two points. Uh, Laporte got six, actually. So well done to him. Uh, Robertson, seven. Bennett, one. Eden Hazard, one. KL, uh, got two. He's from Brighton, in case anyone's wondering who that is. Um, <laughs> it was that's, how good a, that's how good a player he is. <laughs> He's 4.4. Four. Okay, so I thought with Brighton getting the clean sheets, I could get the threes from him. But yeah, anyway. I need, anyway. Um, <laughs> Salah, uh, got eight points. Richarlison got three points, who I had to bring in as well because Bernardo Silva had a red on, on his thing. 
sorry, Charleston had three points. Masawaku got one. Um, he was my automatic sub because Lacazette didn't play. Aguero is my, my captain, you know, being the only Man City player to do nothing this week. He got four. And Jimenez got two. My bench had Lacazette zero, Zabaleta zero, and last on my bench, one Bissaka with six. So that was great. Oh, beauty. Beauty. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll top that bench. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about that, did you? I will top that bench. But I'll go I'll go through my team. Um, similar to you, I've got Ryan, two points. Laporte with six. Um, Alonso with one. I will be bringing him back up later in the podcast. Uh, Robertson with seven. Salah with eight. Cavaliero, however the hell you say his name, with one, because he scored last week, and I thought, ooh, I may be onto something here, but no, he's shit. Um, Sterling got me 16. Uh, that isn't the captain, he just got 16. Uh, I almost captained him, but you know, it's me. Uh, Fraser got me two. Kennedy got me two. Callum Wilson got me two. Aguero El Capitan got me four, which is great. <clears throat> and bench time. Arnautovic, two. Not too bad. I have a Huddersfield defender for some god-known reason. He got eight, and Juan Bissaka <laughs> got six. So yeah, a long who costs about seven billion pound got one, and my Huddersfield defender got eight, which is just grand. Oh dear, and the total for that was 51, but I took a minus four, so we're on 47 there, but I don't mind that. Still under the average, but it's not too bad, I suppose. Um... And I'm pretty sure Shree Captain Sterling, so he, he, I'm glad he's not on the podcast. <laughs> uh, dear. But, uh, well, oh, dear. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he, and, he, and he's back from next week, so he best start doing shit again. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come into some transfer dilemmas. I mean, just on your personal team, before we go into a, a wider range of topics, I mean, is there anyone you're looking at, Simon, to, to take out your team? Um. Well, I was going to do Mane to Sterling last week until... Mendy got that injury, which actually, I mean, I still would have made, um, I would have been up a little bit, but not that much. So I'll probably end up doing that this week. I'm not really mad about taking Mane out, but at this point, I just feel that Sterling is probably the best fantasy player to own. Mm. So I think, um, even though it's a little like, I think Mane might do. Well, in the next three weeks, I just can't find any other way to get Sterling unless I lost, uh, unless I lost Mo Salah, which is an option, um, as well. But I think I'd prefer to have him over Mane for the next few weeks. So that's, I'm fairly certain that's what I'll do this week. No, I mean, today, what do you think of the Mane situation? Obviously, Liverpool's front three... Well, I think Salah's kind of got back to his usual self. It, it, well, he's not scoring three or four every week like he was to all, in some parts of last season, but I, I think it's fair to say Mane and um, Bobby haven't been the best so far this season, or in this current part of the season. Would, would you would you agree with getting rid of Mane for Sterling? Um, yeah, if it's between the two, Mane for Sterling, then I'd rather have Sterling in my team. Um, I think... This is a chance for Liverpool's attacking teams when we're looking at the grouping of fixtures where they should look to start to really bang in a few goals, you know, shared between them. But in terms of Raheem Sterling, he's even now, I mean, if you look at most influential players in the Premier League, somehow he's always left out. 
Whereas if you look at his numbers for Man City, he's actually one of the key players. He's mm-hmm. one of the most regular players. I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet. He can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play up the middle as well. We've seen at times uh, under Pep and obviously under Rodgers at Liverpool. And if you look at his contribution over the last five years, I think he's in the top five in terms of goals and assists in Premier League over the last five years. So he's definitely a valuable asset to have. And he's one of those guys who, you know, if you have Sterling and Aguero, usually one of them is on the end of the build-up at City. I think you're, you're sort of covering your bases pretty nicely. But then, you know, Mendy gets injured and that gives license for Sunday to come in and that also becomes a headache. So, yeah, City have options. City do have options. Um, funny enough, I actually bought Sterling. So I've, I've already made my changes, by the way. I, I was that oh. pissed off with my, with my team. So, <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to regret that. <laughs> no, but 37 is not an acceptable score. And I think it was more knee-jerk because in my like um, fantasy league with, with my mates and stuff or you know, that title belt that I want to win so bad, um, I was in first place heading into this week. And on Saturday evening, um, the guy in second mess was messaging me the whole evening saying, I'm about to overtake you. I'm about to overtake you. And that just pissed me right off <laughs> because I was doing so well. So, um, can I go through my changes, guy? Um, oh, feel free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a, a, it was a mini surgery. Um, one, two, three, four changes. Uh, yeah. So it was a mini surgery. Um, I brought Sterling in for Hazard. I was planning on keeping Hazard for the whole season purely because, yes, he might have patches, but over this, he seems to be the one that's the key to Chelsea playing well. When Hazard plays well, it seems like that's when Chelsea play well. So having him over the scope of a season and looking at his projections of what he's going to contribute over this season, it looks like he's going to be in and around that 20 goals, maybe you know, 10 to 15 assists over the season. But Sterling just seems to be on fire at the moment. So uh, I, I, I had to make that change. And then I brought in Mane for Richarlison. Um, the Richarlison, as I mentioned, it was literally a signing just so I had enough players to play uh, with Bernardo Silva out. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's been shipped and he's playing Liverpool this weekend. So no chance I was starting him for that game. Um and then I've taken out Lacazette, which I'm, I'm a bit worried about taking him out because I, I do like that Arsenal attack. I think there are goals in there, but with the fixtures Anatovic has, and we've mentioned, you know, West Ham favorable fixtures heading into this December fixture list. I think Anatovic will do enough to negate, um, the price rise of, or the, the price difference between having a Lacazette and Anatovic. I think they can get similar amount of goals than that noise reassess in January. So I've taken Anatovic out for Lacazette and then by bringing Anatovic in, I had three West Ham players. So I had to get rid of Masuaku. It, it wasn't that heartbreaking to do, but, um, mm-hmm. so he's gone and billing from Huddersfield came in because he was the only semi decent, like 4.5 or something that that was available. So yeah, I think the big changes was Sterling for Hazard, Lacazette for Anatovic and then obviously bringing Mane back in. Cool. What what do you what do you make of them changes, Sam? 
Well, I feel a bit bad now because I'm, I'm, I want to take money out, and he's bringing money in, so it's a bit <laughs> of a conflict of interest. But I can see. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm in a different boat. But I do have the option of taking of taking um, Richardson out as well, and I could bring in, in like. Um, I could pretty much bring in any other mid apart from Sterling from from Man from Man City. So, but I just think Everton have two really nice fixtures after this one. So I think I'm going to probably hang on to. But I think those fixtures um, work quite well. It's you're he's kind of getting rid of a few kind of bad bad people there, and um, I'm sure Mane would probably score four or five goals now at the weekend. <laughs> we're definitely, we're definitely losing now. <laughs> I'm still here, but <laughs> but I think I'm I think I'm also probably going to put the armband on Sterling as well. So that's another reason to make the move for me. Yeah, and I, I think Captain Manny. From from my perspective, I think it was just a matter of shifting the yeah. emphasis from strike from my strike force to my midfield. Yeah, you kind of value Definitely. Yeah, I think there's more value for money in, in midfield at the moment. And then, as I said, having two middle-of-the-range strikers in Anatovic and Jimenez, they should get enough over December um, with rotations and stuff, people being tired. Strikers tend to sneak a few goals in, in you know, defences get a bit leaky. And then you obviously still have the big hitter in Aguero. And then I just needed to just beef up my midfields with the heavy rotation coming in because I would have been screwed if, Let's say Asala doesn't play. That basically was negating my whole midfield from doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I have Salah as well, but I I don't really have that dependency. Um, so I, I'm I'm quite balanced in the, in that regard. But uh, in terms of my transfers, I've probably got a couple that I'm thinking of. I haven't, I haven't done mine yet. Um, but I, I said I'd mention him later on. Obviously, uh, Marcus Alonso, who is quite well, you know, he's, he's a bit of a shit defender. Let's be honest, but he does he does do things going forward. I mean, I, I think we've discussed this, or I've asked this in, in previous ones I've hosted. And, and to derail, start we is Alonso. I know he's still the. I think he's still the top goal scoring defender and stuff like that. But it. Do you think his attacking output is still sustainable? I know Chelsea have been undefeated, and I've just looked at their fixtures, so yeah, it probably is. But in the long term, um, do you think Alonso still a, a necessary own? Do you, do you think you should still have Alonso? But I know he's got Fulham next. But do, do you think possibly after that fixture you can look ahead and go, maybe I can live without Alonso? Because Chelsea defensively, especially against Spurs at the weekend, I mean, oh my God, how, how bad were the... Yeah, and, and you'd assume, you know, as, as you mentioned, after the Fulham game, although Fulham are quite an attacking team, as bad as they are defensive, they could easily sneak a goal. Um, I don't know how Ranieri, I, I didn't get to watch their game this weekend, so I'm not sure how Ranieri is looking to adjust that, but they do have goals in them. And then you play a Wolves team who seem to be willing to take it to the bigger teams and it's at Wolves. So is he going to be keeping a clean sheet there? And then straight after that, you've got Manchester City. Um, it's unlikely he's going to be keeping a, sh- a clean sheet there. So that's three fixtures in a row where you're hoping he gets an assist because you're not too sure about the clean sheet. Uh, for me, too steep a price at 7.1. Uh, I would rather spread my 
my money elsewhere out on the pitch. But in terms of, I think Alonso is one of those players where don't look, I wouldn't look at him on a game by game basis. I'd look at him over the course of a season because even looking at his, you know, previous, um, f- um, fixtures, the last, you know, that, um, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home, Everton at home, Tottenham away. And he still managed to rack up um, 17, 25 points or 26 points over those four fixtures. So I think he's one of those where you just put him in your team and then you decide to leave him for the rest of the season or at least for a good chunk of games, about 10 games or so, opposed to looking week by week whether he's going to be doing something. Otherwise, you're going to end up having to take a lot of penalty hits because the moment you'd sell Alonso, you're going to have a lot of money to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, how you, you were planning on moving the Alonso money around. Do, do you have enough transfers to to move the money around, or th- is it going to take a while? No, I mean, I have. I just have the one transfer. I mean, as I said, I took a minus last week uh, when we were doing the scoring. But pretty much, if I got him for six point nine, and I have point nine in the bank, so pretty much I'd, I'd be able, obviously be able to afford any defender. But it's just depending where I shift that onto, because obviously it's always a, a downgrade price-wise from Alonso. So if I took him out, that's probably another question: is where do I go? Because Robertson's, I've got Robertson and Laporte, who I imagine most people have Laporte now that Mendy's injured for the foreseeable future, and Robertson as well. He, he's pretty much a must-own unless you've got like Trent or something like that. But outside of Alonso, um, is there any high pit, high-end defenders that? you think are in this bracket because obviously Trippier's injured Chelsea are shit <laughs> as we've been saying and um, Spurs Spurs themselves I mean you're not going to be looking at Man United and, and Spurs is obviously the only other team and they're playing Aurier Foyth and <laughs> Toby and, and Davis I mean you're not really going to get any of them are you so it's, it's just a question of the options in defence I mean Simon is there anyone you could see as a realistic Alonso alternative unless you're going to double up on a, on a Man City or a, on a Liverpool yeah that's what I was going to say I mean you could go for Trent I mean I know he's, he's not he won't play every match but he does have um, just the fact that he's, he will be taking free kicks and as we saw him score one there and he scored one last year too. So, I mean, he's 5.2, he's pretty cheap and then he could use the money maybe to beef up the midfield. Maybe look to bring someone like, I don't know, Hazard in, I don't know though, if you really want him, mm-hmm. um, to try and, in a way, cover the, the fixtures that they have because, as we said, I can't see them keeping much many clean sheets in the next few matches they are quite tough fixtures um, Fulham at home will probably end up being something like 4-2 or you know it's kind of one of those fixtures really isn't it I think they will score so but there's not a lot of uh, most of the more expensive defenders you already own and they're starting to I feel like they're kind of starting to fade a little bit at this point Um Alonso is a person I've been thinking about losing as well. I think if I was to like, if I was to play my wild card now, I definitely wouldn't put him in my team. So I think that's a good kind of a thing of it. You could get a, a Wolves defender as well. They're pretty good value for money. 
Doherty, who I seem to have thought uh, would be worth buying in, but I, I think he will. He probably has a near enough threat that Alonso has, but obviously he's not going to score as many yeah. as him. But he pretty much is like playing up front at this point. Yeah, I'm just looking at Wolves' fixtures there. They've got Cardiff next, which should be a gimme. Uh, Chelsea, as we said. Newcastle, Bournemouth, then Liverpool, Fulham. Well, this is taking you another new year, but might as well. Uh, yeah. Liverpool, Fulham, Spurs, and then we're in January time. So, yeah, I mean, Doherty's a, a good option, but I think he's probably highly owned. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting in some transfers whilst whilst you were speaking there. So I've been, I've, I've put Trent in just for now, and um, as I mentioned, I have that Cavaliero from uh, Wolves, who is dog shit, <laughs> um, and. <laughs> I have seven. I have seven point eight in the bank. I mean, is there anyone in that price range in terms of midfield? Because I mean, I have I have the two two elite midfielders. Then I have Fraser, like everybody else. Kennedy, I think he's pretty much a safe bet at his price. So I mean, seven point eight. It's not exactly elite money, but is there anyone in that middling range that you could see jumping out? I mean, I'm just scrolling down. I'm looking at a couple. Um. You could just go for the obvious, uh, someone like someone like Richarlison or Felipe Anderson or even Sigerson could be an option. He seems to be doing very well. If you, how much is have you got enough to buy him? Uh, Sigurdsson is seven point four, so yeah, I'd have point four spare. I mean, he's been kind of just been kind of going slightly under the radar, I think, but he is. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of seems to be banking points most weeks, but he probably won't kind of he probably won't ever ever score big, but he should be able to get you know like between probably five and eight points a week. He's that type. He seems to be back to his to the form that we saw that he had before, and when he was at Swansea, kind of playing that real that number ten role. Now that Richardson is up front, um, he seems to be taking over the midfield. And Everton do have nice fixtures after the Liverpool match. Newcastle and Watford at home is pretty good, even for Everton. <laughs> I mean, they're nice fixtures, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think Richardson probably a bit ahead of Sigurdsson for me because I have Sigurdsson on fan tracks, which is obviously our draft league. And I don't like having the same play. Like, you get what I mean? I don't want to be... My whole weekend <laughs> yeah. can't be dependent on someone. <laughs> you get, people will be like, what the hell are you going to do about? But no, I mean, I have I have Harry Kane and that. If he blanked in both of mine, I, it, it just screwed me over. But uh, today, was there any middling midfielders that Simon possibly missed out there? Um, if you do want to take a punt at, like, a Martial, I, I suppose you could. I was literally could. hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seems like the only thing going right for Man United at the moment is him. So, I mean, you look at their fixture, Southampton away, you're expecting them to score at least, you know, some goals. Then they have Arsenal at home, who defensively aren't the greatest. Um, Fulham at home, who definitely aren't the greatest in defending. Then, okay, December, mid-December, that's that Liverpool, Liverpool away when Mourinho could get fired. Um, it may be Salem. <laughs> Sell him for that week. Um, then you got Cardiff away, 
there, there should be goals there. Huddersfield at home, there should be goals there. Bournemouth at home, Bournemouth like to come out and play, so surely they can get them on the counter. And then Newcastle away takes you into January. I mean, looking at those fixtures, on the, the United team on paper should get you goals. But at the moment, the United team on the pitch isn't. And the only one that is seems to be Martial. So he he could be a, a, a sneaky differential, I suppose. Especially if you consider only about 14.6% of fantasy players have them in his team in their team. So chances are if you have him in your team and he scores, um, it's definitely going to be to your benefit compared to majority of the league who don't seem to have him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just a shame that Bernardo Silva's injured. I mean, I wouldn't mind doubling up on Man City players, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that screwed that up. But yeah, I mean, I think it, I think at the moment it'll probably be between Martial and um, Richarlison. But I think the fact that Everton are obviously playing Liverpool and well, we know <laughs> uh, we know what's hopefully going to happen there, but. Obviously, Everton's record against Liverpool is shocking, um, so it might, it might be one to wait on that one. But I think if I, I think if I opt Martial, I'll do it now. Get Trent in, and then uh, bin off Caviero because well, you know, because Martial against Southampton, as you said today, you were, I mean, Southampton got beat by Fulham for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, so yeah, United, they are probably the worst team. Uh, at- I think they definitely are the worst team at the moment. They yeah, just don't offer anything anywhere. Like they're really bad. Have to be, yeah. Um, even that doubling up on the Robertson, um, Robertson, Alexander Arnold thing, um, it, it has been quite fruitful if you look over the point of the season. I mean, they're second and third in terms of points tallies in for defenders in in fantasy. Yeah. So I think. It's definitely a decent shot and keep going back to it. But the guy that overtook me, Blaine, he has Alexander Arnold and Robertson, um, and he captained Laporte. So he's gone full, like backing the defense. And then, yeah, that seems to have worked for him because he, I think he was lying around fifth or fourth in the league. Then he went heavy on investing in his defense and heavy on attack and then sort of left his midfield a bit rotation and that seemed to have worked out, so maybe that's also something to look at. Yeah, I, I think it's quite safe putting Trent, and I think we've discussed this as, in time as well, where you're kind of worried if he gets rotated, but I think the thing with Trent is if he doesn't play, he's not coming on as a sub, so it's pretty safe in that regard that you'll get your automatic sub rather than getting your getting your one-point um, starter, so I think it's pretty safe in that regard, so... I think I'm edging towards Martial, if I'm honest, and then I'll point two to play with, which... <laughs> that's pretty much nothing. I could probably put that in defence or something like that. But no, I think I think I'd be quite happy with my team. But um, any any other transfer problems in in your teams? I mean, maybe not for this week. Obviously, we've got two game weeks um, to cover. So, have you got? Has anyone got a plan to add more afterwards after this game week? Because I, I assume we're going to get a free transfer like straight away for the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh yeah, games. yeah. So you're going to have one instantly. Um, I'm pro- I well, depending what happens at the weekend, I'm probably I'm thinking about getting rid of Alonso to fund doing um Frazier to who's it going to bring in um Sane. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you That's brought up Sane, yeah. actually. Sane is a good so, shot. I think I'm I'm about if I get rid of a if I get rid of Alonso, I'll, I'll still be able to buy pretty much anyone. So I actually might even do Alonso to Trent as well. Um, oh God, we and Fraser to Sane <laughs> next week. <laughs> we can't break him, Sane. I'm leaving it a week, so it's fine. <laughs> By the time I do it, it'll be, it doesn't break. count. <laughs> yeah, I've not right. confirmed it yet, so you're putting me off here. <laughs> uh, oh, but I'll dear. see, or else I might get someone like... Um, I mean, just while we're kind of on that point, I think with Spurs, I know we mentioned there, There's not. I'm not really sure who the best people to bring in but they do have a, a very nice run of fixtures so I might look at maybe Spurs would be a team that I don't I, I have mm. no one from Spurs right Same. now but I don't fully trust them still um, they kind of just tend to play very well and then they might go back to their bad ways again next weekend so we'll see how they do over the weekend yeah, I think hard fixture though. Yeah, yeah, I think we kind of discussed this in I, I can't remember if it was Discord or WhatsApp uh, or whatever the hell it was. Uh, smoke signal. Uh, we discussed <laughs> um, Spurs after the battered Chelsea, didn't we? I mean, today were. Uh, do you, do you have any Spurs players? No, not in the 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 original game. I do have Ericsson and Kane in the draft, but in terms of the the OG game, no, I did not because. Yeah. It's just such a coin cost. Um, coin toss. Sorry, I I genuinely don't know who to put in. I mean, you look at Lamela's having a good season. All of a sudden, he's on the bench, and Son's coming in. You know, because Lamela supposedly can't play two games in a week. Um, and then Son comes in and does really well. That then influences whether you want to put Son in. But chances are, Son's going to be on the bench the next week. Um, in terms of Spurs, the way I look at Spurs is. Um, Ericsson and Kane are the ones I usually look to get if I'm getting for a long spell of games. So if I can, if it, if my money matches up and I can see they've got a run, good run of games, usually Ericsson and Kane are heavily involved in their games. Um, if I, I, I'm, I'm just scared of chasing points with Spurs because you purely don't know who's going to be starting. Like I said, it's easy to now say, oh, try and get a son in, but once again, that's chasing points those goals already happened. Like, there's no guarantee he's going to be scoring the, the next ones or even starting in the next game. Um, but I suppose if you, if you're, you know, pretty insistent and pretty um, keen to to keep Spurs players in your team or, or get Spurs players in the team, sorry, in, in terms of, of in, in terms of attack, I suppose, obviously, Kane, you can look at him. He's gotten at least a goal or assist over his last three games. So hopefully in the Spurs hat here, hopefully he's coming back to form. He loves a goal against Arsenal and they're playing Arsenal next. So that that's that's a good game for him to get a goal. Um, he usually gets a goal against Arsenal. Then they've got Southampton at home, <laughs> bags of goals in that game. Uh, Leicester away, it's possible they could get goals. But Burnley, Everton, uh, we can't do the fix. But yeah, so you can see someone like a Kane Usually, this is the part of the season where he really starts to rack up the goals and increase his tally um, and work his way up the the table in terms of uh, golden boot searching for the golden boot. When you look at midfield, like I said, I've mentioned the Sons, I've mentioned the Lamellas, 
Lamella probably in terms of value for money because he's only 6.4. So maybe mm-hmm. he's someone that you, you can take a gamble on, you know, whether he's starting or not and just say, well, at least it's only 6.4. But the issue then comes when, when Son is in the conversation, he's 8.3. I don't know if someone is willing to take a risk on an 8.3, possibly starting or not starting. I prefer my eights and aboves to be guaranteed starters or yeah. relatively guaranteed starters, you know. Um, and then Lucas Mora seems to have fallen off a cliff. Um, he, he did get that odd goal against Wolves about two weeks ago, I think it was. But since then, I, I, I don't think he's done any since game week four. So I, I don't know if people would be confident enough in bringing him in. Um, and then Delhi Ali at 8.9. I mean, that price tag is just way too much for the risk. I know he got the golden assist this past weekend, but once again, are you chasing points? Um, Ericsson, if you're going to get Ericsson, just put him in your team and leave him for the rest of the season. He usually works out come the end of the season in terms of his contributions because he is involved in a lot of their play, especially with Trippier gone. He will be taking the set pieces. Yeah, I mean, that's a good shot. I think Ericsson's probably your safest bet because if he's fit, he is definitely playing. Of course, he, well, he's just the creative hub of that team, isn't he? As you said, uh, I think the rest of them are interchangeable, so you can't really trust um, your sons. Ali will probably play if he if he's fit, but again, his form this season's not been the greatest. And yeah, eight point nine, I think he's just a bit too high, if anything. Um, and I, I quite like your Lamella shout. Uh, Lucas is definitely a no go because, as, as you said, he's he's, he's done bugger all. Um, apart from that one week since, well, let's be honest, game week three, <laughs> even in game week four, he only got five. <laughs> so yeah, he's he, he's definitely fell fell off a cliff. I think that was the United game as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean Tottenham's kind of a, a a bit of a mess. I mean, even when we were talking about defensive options. Uh, <sighs> Uh, Trippy is probably the only ownable one, and he's injured at the minute. So yeah, it, t- Tottenham's a weird team. Obviously, you want assets from all your good teams and stuff like that, but it's just it's just not happening. I mean, the only person I can think of outside of your Kane and Ericsson is probably Juan Fife if you really want a cheap defender. <laughs> That's about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, today we're obviously talking about long term strategy. You've already done mini surgery. Uh, is there any? Other areas in your team you're thinking uh, that you've got long-term planning for? Um, I think I'm going to be good for now unless I get another 37 points and maybe I'll have another surgery. But I think I'm... Minus 12 coming up. I think I'm pretty set for, for the rest of it um, or for this very busy December period. I mean... If I look at my two goalkeepers that are rotating, I have Ryan and Fabianski in there, and their fixtures seem to match up pretty well in terms of which one of them is going to be starting. In terms of defense, I've kept the, I've kept to the two big hitters and three rotation players, because I only ever play three at the back. Yeah. So I've got Laporte and Robertson, who pretty much are going to start every game. Even the hard ones, Robertson, you can still kind of hope for an assist, so I don't see when I'd ever take him out. And then obviously Laporte, I mean, when he's in that city defense, he seems to have been, you know, he's he's pretty solid. So he stays in. And then my rotation, I'm still, I've still got Zabaleta. Remember I said, we'll talk about it in January. 
Um, yeah, it hasn't gone so well yet, but wait until <laughs> January. Um, he'll prove me right. Don't disappoint me, Zabalev. Um, so they've got a nice run of fixtures. I don't see any difficult games there. It's just a matter of whether, because they're easier fixtures, they're going to be forced to attack and that leaves space at the back, but hopefully they should keep a few clean sheets. Then I've got Bennett and Wambasaka as my just throw away 4.1 because they were 4.1. Um, <laughs> Wolves, they've got some tricky fixtures, so it's unlikely Bennett will be featuring a lot, maybe twice over the next five fixtures, I would say. But um, And then obviously Wambasaka's in there. He's also got some decent fixtures coming up. So it's likely to be a rotation between Wambasaka and Zabalet, who gets the the jersey for that third spot. Then in midfield, um, I'm happy with Sterling coming in for Hazard. I think as as I've spoken about Sterling in a lot over the the beginning of this pod. And then I've got my other two big hitters in Salah and Mane. And then basically I'm looking for cheap 4.5s or 4.4s who are just going to get clean sheets for me in terms of they'll get just three points. I don't need them to be doing anything more special than that. Just get either two points or three points. It's fine. Um, so that will be the rotation between Billing and KL, depending on whether Brighton or Huddersfield have a more easier fixture. I don't think those teams can ever get an easy fixture. Well, um, obviously, no disrespect, but it's going to be tough. Every game is crucial for, for both those teams. Uh, and then up front, Aguero, I think... You've got to have either Aguero or Kane, in my opinion, just so you have at least someone to captain. And at the moment, Aguero at home seems to be the person to captain. Maybe Sterling away can be a captain. But obviously, Salah and Aguero have been rotating their home and away fixtures. So I usually rotate between them, who's the captain. Then I've got Jimenez up front still. I've had him all season. Um, he's still my underground striker. I think he's he's done decently well. Um Obviously, this weekend they they lost uh, or yesterday they lost to Huddersfield, but I'm pretty confident he's going to get some goals over the next few fixtures. Especially as I said, the likes of Chelsea, where those players are going to be coming out um, to play. We've seen when Chelsea when teams take it to Chelsea, they're pretty leaky. And then I brought Anatovic in, and obviously it was like I said, the rush of blood where I was pissed off and I just brought players in. I realized he's got a exclamation mark above his head. Uh, a 75% chance of playing. He's got a knock, so I, I, hopefully he plays. Um, but yeah, that that's concerning that he has that. Because <laughs> I, 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 I think he's had that. Yeah, I think he's kind of. I think he's kind of had that for the last month. Okay. Um, it's that thing that he has where he's actually. I think he has been injured, but he's still not. He's still fine to play, but um, I don't know what's up with him. But he's been yeah, he's got flagged a, for a few weeks. Yeah, it seems um, he's been playing with a knee injury for yeah. about a few weeks. Okay, so hopefully they're managing him um, well enough during the week that allows him to play the games. Maybe you know, doing the leg leaking treatment of not training, training him during the week, and then he just plays the games. Because I suppose he's the pivotal point for West Ham, and with the fixtures coming up, I think he could bag. A, a good couple of goals, especially if he's firing and fit. And he's still only owned by about 20% of, of fantasy players, so he could still also be a differential if you're looking to bring him in. Yeah, I have Arnautovic myself, uh, and he's annoying. 
for that reason. But uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of Arnautovic, I mean, we're going to look at the next. Uh, we're going to look at some of the fixtures coming up. Obviously, as I've said, uh, we've kind of got a two game weeks, possibly three. I'm not sure if we'll be able to fit in a pod next week because obviously we've got a midweek game and all that, all that jazz. Maybe if the schedule's not too hectic for me, we can squeeze it in. But um, we'll, we'll look at the fixtures now. I mean, I've, I've kind of mentioned Arnautovic there because West Ham do have uh, four green lights in terms of fixtures coming up. Um, but Simon, uh, any teams you're looking at uh, in terms of fixtures, that might be a bit of an outside bet. Obviously, everyone's going to have Liverpool and Man City players, but yeah. any any teams you can think, or oh, maybe there's a few cheeky assets in there in terms of fixtures? I don't know if I'd go near them, but Huddersfield, <laughs> Huddersfield have kind of two really nice... I mean, I, I know it's not really nice for them, but they're playing Brighton at home and Bournemouth away, and they've won their last two matches, but I, I don't really think there's anyone... I mean. Maybe if you wanted to just get a bit of bench fodder, you might you might um pick someone from the back and throw them in there once or twice. Um, but I'm not really sure if there's much fancy assets. And then Everton, as I mentioned before as well, I think they have some nice fixtures. Um, there's not too many options from their team. I mean, you've got um obviously you've got. Richardson would be the best bet and then even at the back you've got Coleman is always a pretty good fancy bet and Dignay I think is only a 4.8 he seems to be have a fair bit of a threat um, at the left as well and then we've mentioned West Ham and Spurs as well which is I don't really know what to do with Spurs but with West Ham I don't think there's really there's not a lot of options again really I mean you've got Arnautovic, Anderson, and then maybe someone at the back as well could be worth a little a risky shot. I have um, I have Arnautovic and Fabianski myself, which is enough for me, I think. I think they should both do fairly well over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I have Arnautovic as well. And I, may, I may, well, probably not this week, maybe after this uh, uh, weekend game week, I may look at bringing... Another shout from West Ham, but I mean, your Huddersfield shout there, uh, I have Schindler, and both times I've not played him, he's got like 19 <laughs> points between them two appearances, which is just grand. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're going to get Schindler, just make sure he's your first sub, because he's a knobhead. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much my advice on that one, but to do you, any, any teams you're looking at fixture-wise that are jumping out of the page of you? Um, obviously, the Bright- Brighton shot is, is there for people looking for maybe uh, cheaper options. Um, look, this player, I brought him in in game week nine, game week, yeah, game week eight. And he played one game for me for a full game where he got a clean sheet. Then he went on two games where he was on the bench, came off the, um, game week nine, he didn't even feature, game week 10. He came off the bench for nine minutes. Game week 11, he came off the bench for 27 minutes. And I said, you know what? Screw you. I'm selling you because it was a good plan to have him in. I'm talking about Anthony Knockout because, you know, the tricky pacey winger. Oh, yeah. In, you know, with good fixtures coming up, he seemed the perfect player to bring in at 5.5. He was very cheap. 
um, a good punt. And I think he was only owned by, uh, I think it was about like 0.7% of fantasy or something like that. So um, you were always going to jump uh, whenever he did well. So then I sold him in game week 11. And then game week 12, he starts and plays 90 minutes. Game week 13, he plays 72 minutes and gets an assist. So if anyone else wants to take their chance on him, <laughs> but I'm not putting him back in my team this season, just purely out of principle, I, I just can't have him back in my team. It was just so heartbreak because it made so much sense to bring him in. Um, but yeah, I, for anyone else that wants a, a 5.5 that's looking like he's not going to be starting again, um, I think he's he's pretty key to how they're going to be building up, especially in these games where they've got the second easiest fixtures in terms of the 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 ratings of of fixtures. Huddersfield away, Crystal Palace at home, Burnley away. Um, so yeah, knockout could be could be a shot for anyone that's willing to take a chance on him. And then another one, you know, uh, I know you mentioned guy that you have Kennedy. You you still have him? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think looking at Newcastle, they've also got some really decent fixtures. West Ham at home, Everton away, Wolves at home, Huddersfield away. Um, Rafa Benitez seems to somehow be pulling it out the bag this season. I, I don't know how he's doing it, but um, if that continues, the likes of the Kennedys at 4.9 is a decent shout. Um, I don't know if, you know, you can pick and choose their strikers. Rondon is 5.7. If anyone's willing to take a chance on him, and he seems to have gotten the nod over the last three games, he's got uh, 16 points over the last three games, so that that's worth a punt. Um, and then I don't know if I can trust him at the back, but if you're looking for someone at the back, you know you got the Fernandezes of the world, who's only on 4.4 as a defender, which I think is quite quite a decent price for a player who's playing for a manager who's very astute defensively. Yeah. And you can see with um, Fernandez, he's gotten, um, since game week 10, he got a, a clean sheet in game week 10, a clean sheet in game week 11 with bonus points. And then um, game week 12, he only got the two points, but then game week 13, he got an assist. Um, so he got seven points there. So Fernandez at 4.4, I think, is a, is a pretty decent shot if you've, you've got money to spare on a defender. And it's obviously not that much that you're going to be forking out. Yeah, it's a good shout there. I mean, just to kind of build on a couple of points you made there. Um, firstly, on you mentioned that you were looking, you're over, everyone's looking for uh, that that midfielder who's just going to get fr- free points every week and kind of trusted. Do you think Kennedy can become one of them players? Because I was just looking at his points there. He, he, he seems to get you two, always gets you two, but um, sometimes gets you three. And obviously, he looks to be new, looks to be one of Newcastle's main creators, albeit in a in a restricted team, shall we say, but do you think Kennedy could be an option for you in terms of that player you're looking for? Yeah, it definitely could. I mean, if you look at one of the key things I also like to look at in midfield is how many yellow cards the player's gotten over the season because that can mm. be an irritating thing that takes away either the two or the three points. And Kennedy hasn't gotten a yellow card this season. So I think that also plays into his favour, coupled with the fact that chances are if Newcastle are doing anything creative, he's going to be involved. Now, whether or not he gets the, the assist, the goal, or ends up getting a hockey assist, which unfortunately seems to be the case over the last game, where he, he's involved, but maybe he wasn't the, the last pass, so to speak. So I think 
over the, the, the next couple of fixtures, he's definitely someone that they're going to be relying on a lot to bring that creativity, whether it's coming from Richie on the other side or Kennedy. I'd prefer to rather take a punt. If I'm going to take a punt on the Newcastle player, I'd rather pay 4.9 in Kennedy than pay 5.8 for Richie. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that just seems so steep. But as I mentioned, he's not going to get yellow cards. It doesn't seem this season. So you're pretty much guaranteed two unless they get, you know, drubbed or something. But you're pretty much guaranteed two points at the minimum, which is very good for a midfielder under five. Um, and you know he's going to be starting every single game. So that's you You can put that that two in the bank, and then now you're just looking for Rafa Benitez teams to be tight at the back. So he's going to get that clean sheet. That's three, and then you're building from there if he gets creative. So I think that's a good place to start from. Yeah, yeah, I think you've explained that well there, and that's, that's one of the reasons I have him. So yeah, Simon, obviously, I love a gamble. I'm sure you love a gamble. Um, and Tadiwa mentioned his gamble was knockout, but I'm looking at Brighton midfielders here, and possibly one that is kind of being forgotten about this season because he's been injured, but he was last year's FPL darling, and that's Pascal Gross, who was obviously Brighton's key man last season. It is... Is he someone you, you could potentially look at? Because I know you mentioned you maybe up, not upgrading, but kind of going up the next level from Fraser. I mean, could could Pascal become an, an option this season? Because I know at the start everyone was saying he's overpriced and stuff like that, but with Brighton's fixtures the way they are, is Pascal Gross now an option, for the, even even if it's just the short term? He's a punt. I, I definitely think he's a punt. I don't, I don't think he's someone that I'd look at right now just Purely the fact that he's been he's been injured for quite a long time, I'd want to wait, maybe let him get a match or two under his belt. But I'm pretty sure he was on pens last year, wasn't he? I remember. Uh, I think so. I think yeah. he might have been on penalties. Yeah. So I mean, he does have it's that him, him in, in, in his bag as well. Yeah. So he's a very big punt. But if you're looking to make up a few points. Here or there, he could be a sneaky option of of buying him in ahead of the trend. But I think for me personally, I think he's too much of a risk um, until he's got a few 90 minutes under his belt. But they do have nice fixtures, so um, not for me at the moment, but definitely one on the watch list. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing with Brighton is that They've got three easy fixtures now, and then they're back to a, he- a bit of a hellish run after that. So it might be one you're looking for at the end of January in terms of Pascal Gross, because then they have uh, Fulham. Fulham away. Easy fixture. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always always that last digging on Fulham. But they might be good by then. Let's see what Claudio Ranieri could do. But, I mean, ju- just to kind of finish up there, I mean, uh, when I'll start with you on this, Sam. When you're looking at, looking at teams, obviously Fulham... I think everyone lauded their summer business, but obviously they started they started the season horrendously. Is is a new manager bounce something you kind of consider when looking at FPL targets in in terms of transfers? I mean, did you kind of get excited by the Claudio Ranieri news now that you can go well? Mitrovic is now an option. Sherl is now an option. I mean, even Ryan Sessegnon did stuff at the weekend. Is that something you'd consider looking at? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, the fact that they won their first match. Is always pretty nice, and the fact that they're being offered uh, 
Peter, if they can keep a clean sheet, is also <laughs> a good incentive. So, I mean, surely they have to improve at the back. And we've seen him deploy that kind of a, a 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 um, and hitting teams with pace up front. So, um, and I think um, Mitrovic has definitely proved himself already to be a very good target man. So I think um I think he's gonna probably build the team around him and I think they will I, I think they will definitely become a option. Um Mitrovic would be the one on my who I'd maybe look to bring in for someone like Arnaudovic if he picks up if that injury he has looks bad or um when their fixtures turn bad that might be a spot where I'd look to move on to. Um, and as you mentioned, Shirley isn't, is definitely an option and he likes to, he likes to take around five million shots a match as well, which is always good for fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he only scores one out of every 18 or something, but he's, 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 he's not, not looked bad. And I definitely think that they will, they should anyway hit a little bit of form now. Um, with the new manager band. So yeah, I'd be they're definitely a team to watch at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and same point for you today, is Ranieri's new breed of Fulham something you're gonna keep an eye on? Because I think we did a pod like a few weeks ago where we say and just been everyone at Fulham. Is it kind of flipped <laughs> on its head now? Yeah, I think it's obviously something that just catches your eye as soon as it happens. But in in terms of fixtures, I mean, Chelsea away, Leicester at home, Man United away, then West Ham at home. So for the next four, I think it, it, it might be tough to pick and choose unless you've got like a Mitrovic. Then I can see, because I suppose he's the focal point of the team in terms of if they're going to score, it's likely to be him. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, some of the other players, you know, I mean, you look at Sessegnon, he got two assists this past weekend, but how is he going to stylistically adapt to to Ranieri and also the fact that he's priced at 6.0, which just seems astronom- uh, astronomical. So it's it's going to be a waiting game for me. I'd rather be a week late on a Fulham player than be a week too early and jump the gun and then yeah. it just blows up in my face. So I'm, I'm happy to, to wait a little bit on that. But I suppose... The only person other than Mitrovic is obviously the person Simon mentioned in terms of Schürrle, purely for the sense that he seems to still be playing pretty decently after the manager change. Because before the manager change, he seemed to be the only player that was still giving, you know, something to the team. Um, mm. From a, you know, stylistic play-wise, he seemed to be, you know, taking taking the some of the weight off of Mitrovic's shoulders. So if he has transformed that to the new manager as well, coupled with the new manager bounce, then he could be an interesting interesting one. His price is 5.9. And if you look, he's only selected by 5% of fantasy players. So he could be a differential. We've spoken about, you know, midfield players, those those cheaper ones. Um, if you bring in a Schurler, like you were saying, you were looking at the assessing, uh Sigurdsson's, the Richard, uh, Richarlison's, if you bring in, uh, and the Martial's, if you bring in a Schurler, 
maybe does that free up space for you to boost maybe your one of your attackers or something like that so i think he's an option for people to look at if they have a player in mind like a bigger player in mind that they're trying to bring in and they don't quite the finances aren't quite uh, matching up then maybe drop down to a Schurler, uh and then it will allow you to afford that those bigger players yeah, yeah, I think that's what they could become. And I mean, you mentioned the fixtures there. I mean, the next, well, f- two, two of the next three are probably not, not great. Well, depending on, <laughs> depending on how bad Man United actually are. But we get, we get answers to that question every week. Uh, and then they have a decent, then they have a decent four game spell. So it might be an option to look at a game week 17 where Fulham players can become an option. But as you said, I think Mitrovic is probably one you could probably trust all season and you'll get your, you'll get your points kind of consistently. So yeah, I, I agree on everything we said there, but uh, we'll, we'll finish up there. Um, so Simon, uh, do you want to hand out your Twitter and anything you want to plug or out like that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at hefty horse. Um, I don't, I haven't done any pods for a while. Um, so nothing else to plug, no. Cool. And today, uh, your your Twitter and anything you you've been working on. Now, in terms of Twitter, you can find me at the Ace of Nave Seven. And then, in terms of plugs, I was on the post match call in show with Nina Kauza and Quesi on Saturday. So if you want to relive the Watford game and hear us break break down some of the talking points from the game. Um, yeah, definitely listen to that. But I think that's all for me for this week. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. And uh, as ever, well, not as ever, <laughs> as this week's rotation, I've been the host guy, Drinkle. Um, as I said, I think Shree might be back in the next coming week, so he, he can either gloat or he can join in in the misery. But uh, yeah, j- any plugs from me? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 reviews, part 1 and 2 now out. If you finish that game, do feel free to check that out. I know you're still miles away, Simon, so you'll check that out yeah. in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, actually. <laughs> yeah, But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and goodbye. <laughs> Podcast Network.